Blog Talk Radio. Has anyone near and dear to you driven you crazy with their whining and complaining? Have you ever asked yourself, what are they really whining about? Better yet, why are they whining? And mostly, how do you make them stop it? (laughs) I'd like to welcome you. I'm January Jones, the wine tester, and I'm doing my first show on Big Media USA with my guest, Barbara Niven. Yes, and I love this whole thing that you have about the wine tester. It's so clever, honey. We're so glad you're, <laughs> to have you here on Big Media. Oh. And and I know you, and I don't consider you a whiner. No, no. I've, I've learned to become a smiler. <laughs> <laughs> but you used to whine a lot? Oh, yeah. Most, really? Yeah, yeah. It's the kind of thing that women are born doing. You know, oh, little, yeah. little girls start off doing it, and then they get better and better at it. Why is that you think? Well, I think it's a way of getting attention oh, yeah. and getting your having your way. Mm-hmm. And uh, little girls are particularly good at doing it. They Especially look, with daddy, their yeah. first practice. Yeah, I think you know it's right in their DNA. <laughs> yeah, and they're very good at it, and uh, they like doing it. Mm-hmm. So you are also an author. You've done over 500 radio talk shows, I hear, January. Yes. And television series as well, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, I've promoted my other books in the past just as a guest, and this is the first time I'm going to be doing my own show. And I want to explore all different phases of whining at all different ages and stages of life. So tell me about your book, just in one sentence. Okay, well, it's a book that deals with how to stop whining with humor and hope. Oh, those are two key words. Mm-hmm. I better say. Yes. Humor is the big factor in stopping whining, and I think people take it too seriously. The world we're in is very serious, and mm-hmm. people get very concerned, and especially next year. I call next year a good year for whining. Why? With, with the election. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. And everyone's got something to whine about, the economy and whatever. And uh, I think you have to get a sense of humor about it so you can cope with it and go forward. But how do you do that, though? I mean, when you're stuck in whatever's going to make you whine, how do you, how do you find humor? How do you, you know, get yourself out of that? That's what we find in your book, obviously. Yes, absolutely. In my book, I have over 100 cures for how to stop whining. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yes, I do. What's your favorite one? <laughs> well, actually, my favorite, very, very favorite cure. Uh, first of all, I want to tell you how I came upon these cures. I did a survey, and I surveyed men, women, children, and I asked them about what they whine and how they stop whining. Uh-huh. And so they submitted some very creative cures. One of my favorite cures, of course, is called the chocolate cure. Oh, I yeah. think I would like that one, too. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe the Chardonnay cure. Oh, yeah. I'll go for that yeah. one, too. <laughs> the wine and cheese cure. Mm-hmm. Um, the chocolate cure basically is that anytime you give someone a piece of chocolate, if they're whining or miserable, by eating the chocolate, it immediately changes their mood. And how can you whine when you're eating chocolate? <laughs> That's true. And, uh, Unless you run out. Yeah. As a, as a uh, mother, I know that chocolate is also uh, good for curing children, and uh, when they're whining, it can be a very uh, effective bribe. Mm. So do you think it's okay to bribe kids to stop whining? Well, I think uh, to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. I think what you're trying to do is distract them Mm -hmm. and to take their attention off their whine or their problems. So Mm -hmm. I think once you can get them distracted, whether it be chocolate Mm -hmm. or anything else, 
Now, you have a real background with whining that comes from a lot of different areas, don't you? Well, yes, I suppose so. Um, I've seen the dark side of whining, and uh, I've labeled whining. There's four different stages of whining. The first uh, stage of whining is that uh, it's when you want to be annoying, and we all know what that is. That's what husbands, children do. And you had some examples. <laughs> well, some here. well, it's usually the one when you're in the supermarket mm-hmm. and they want something, mm-hmm. or the other one is when your husband wants you to do something, and he'll kind of slyly start whining about it. And uh, this can cause mild anger, but I tend to uh, ignore these type of wines. These are the kind of wines that you can just let them ride. Uh, the next type of wine is the wine where they want attention. And this gets to be a little more demanding and a little more irritating. And then the third wine is that you're actually aggravated and they've pushed you to your limit. Mm -hmm. Now, the fourth wine is the abusive wine that comes into play. And this is the dark side of whining. People ask me what makes me an expert on whining. When I was very young at 25, I became a a widow. My husband was a test pilot. Yes, he was a Navy test pilot, and he was killed testing, and uh, I had two small children, a three-year-old, and my baby was six weeks old. Oh, my gosh. So I stood behind a flag-draped coffin, and I had a pretty rough year. And uh, now that I look back on it, I call it uh, the year of the great pity party. Mm -hmm. And the pity party took place with my best friend and myself. And she let me wallow and wail, and it was a pretty rough year. And she was there to listen, listen, listen. And sometimes that's all you can do. And let you whine. Right. She let me whine. And then at the end of the year, she told me quite bluntly, it was time to stop driving the old BMW, the bitching, moaning, and whining. (laughs) That's (laughs) a good friend, honey. Yes, that was the car I was stuck in. And she suggested I trade it in and get a Jaguar. And I did. I got a Jaguar convertible. Literally, and, yes. you got a Jaguar convertible. <laughs> Good girl. Yeah, that's probably not the uh, easiest cure for being a widow, but it worked for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just changed my frame of mind. And you have to go forward. And mm-hmm. one step at a time, I don't want to minimize people that have suffered tragedies. They're mm-hmm. very valid. And when you have a good friend there to help you or your mm-hmm. family, it's important to vent and get all that out. Mm-hmm. But then you have to just dust yourself up, pick yourself up, and start all over again. Do you recommend that, that people physically do something to change oh, like you yes, did? Absolutely. Uh, I also took tennis lessons, and mm-hmm. I got very active with my children. Mm-hmm. And you have to just run, pretty much run yourself into the ground. So at the end of the day, you literally collapse. Mm-hmm. And you got new friends, and just you you just you have to physically for- carried yourself out. Do you think you would have still been there? I mean, it would, is it tempting to just stay in that that pity party? Oh yeah, yeah. I think you can get seduced by it, mm-hmm. and it, the negativity just spreads to more negativity. And I think you have to force yourself, find good friends, get active, get out mm-hmm. there and do, and stop the whining. Start smiling. <laughs> That's another cure that I recommend, and it's called the smile cure. And when you find people who are negative and hard to deal with, just smile. Try to smile them down. If you keep smiling, eventually they'll return your smile. I call that return to sender, the echo 
cure. Oh. And they'll smile back at you, mostly because they probably wonder what kind of an idiot you are to just keep <laughs> smiling all the time. And smiling works, and it gets people um, laughing. There's nothing better than laughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, that heals a lot. Yeah, laughter and your sense of humor can mm-hmm. get you through pretty much anything. And it helps you with other people, too. It's really uh, a universal cure to smile and laugh and give yourself to other people and become involved. The other cure I talk about is eliminating one word. What? And the one word you have to eliminate is the word I from your vocabulary. Instead of saying, I don't like it, I don't want to, I can't, Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling good. Stop saying I and start saying, are you feeling well? What are you doing? And start talking to other people and find out what's going on in their lives. Because right. it takes you out of yourself. And it you absolutely start, does. Huh. Yeah. And the, if you stop using the word I and if you stop starting every sentence mm-hmm. with it, you're going to find a big change takes place in your life. How does one implement that, though? How do you just start doing that? Well, it's a thing you have to consciously work at, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to look at people in their eyes and you have to be find out, be curious, mm-hmm. try to find out what... Genuinely have genuinely, a curiosity yeah, about people. Yeah, you have to cultivate it and uh, ask them what they do and how their day is. And a good starting point is to ask them where they're from. Mm-hmm. And people love to go back and talk about their childhood, where they grew mm-hmm. up, and it kind of gets people uh, open. Mm-hmm. Open and they start to reveal more about themselves. Well, this is this is good for any kind of uh, personal, you know, relationship at all. I know L.A. and and singles and all. It's it's really easily easy to get yourself isolated and just focus on what's wrong with things. And you're you're recommending that you just start reaching out to other people, start smiling. And start asking them questions. We're and smiling here. Yes, we <laughs> well, I know, Barbara, you're a born smiler, as am I am too. I but, love smiling. But I find that it changes how I feel if I put a smile on. I don't know what it does. If it's and, the, the physical thing, whatever it does, it kicks in your belief and, you know, you're off. Yeah, and it changes how people react to you. Mm-hmm. you they become very positive about you and they want to hear more about mm-hmm. you. And it's just a segue into a wonderful um, series of relationships that you can develop in your life every day, at work, at play, whatever you're doing. Um, I would like to uh, thank everyone for listening and have them... um, Smiles. <laughs> well, we have to go to a break right now, so Absolutely. we'll be right back. I'm going to have a piece of chocolate, too, I think. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> That'll be great. Welcome back. This is January Jones, the wine tester, with my <laughs> guest, Barbara Niven, who is the host of Show Business 101. Thank you. Good. And nice to have you back, Barbara. I think Barbara. the wine tester has a nice ring to it, by Oh, the way. it does. Let me ask you a question, okay. Barbara. What do you think is the number one thing people whine about? Mm, their spouse, maybe? <laughs> I, I don't know. Or sex? Or, yeah. I don't know. Well, Both. actually, quite a, men, quite a few men do whine about that. Um, when we were doing our survey, I found that women in particular, their biggest whine is not surprising weight. Oh, yes. I always have five pounds I'm going to whine about. And my friends have heard it forever. Why can't I get this last five pounds? I know. Weight, women everywhere, they're either... and. A, 
few, fortunately, are too thin, Mm -hmm. but most women just want to lose that last 5 or 10 pounds. The other thing that they whine about is their hair, Mm -hmm. hair issues. You know, should I cut it? Should I dye it? And then after you do it, it's wrong, and you want it back. (laughs) Yeah, no matter what you do, it's Mm -hmm. wrong. That's a pretty universal whine. Also, another whine that women really pick up on quite a bit is their Mm -hmm. (laughs) mother-in-law. And that's one that uh, most women, when they're having girl talk, that'll usually come up a little bit. Uh, When I surveyed men, their Mm -hmm. wines were uh, a little more interesting. Well, actually, their first wine was sports, their sports team. Really? Yes. Like like what? You mean it didn't win or they couldn't get to the game or what? When their football team or their baseball team loses Mm -hmm. the big one. I mean, that's terrible. Or if they're having a bad season, which, like, some teams always have a bad season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And men generally get very involved in their sports teams. The other thing that men whine about, of course, is money, Mm -hmm. the lack of it. And men Uh, whine about that more than women? Well, pretty much... in general, it's the first thing for uh, men. Women, of course, go back to their appearance in their personal life. That, doesn't, that says a lot about the difference in the sexes, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Wow. And men also are more inclined to whine about government and politics and the things that are going on outside their home. And this is probably their way of not dealing with the things that are happening inside. So you're saying the big that, issues. that women are into the more I wine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's and, yeah. not nice. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, men generally will whine about other things and the state of affairs and, and life in general. And uh, definitely they do love whining about their golf games. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard a bunch of bigger whiners uh, than men who are out golfing. Of course, some women, too. And then the interesting thing about the golf wine is that they all want to tell their story, and it's all about them. <laughs> Let me ask you something. If mm-hmm. men and women have such different points of view on even what they whine about, how mm-hmm. on earth are we ever supposed to understand each other and, and help each other and get past that? Well, I think it goes back again to what we said in our earlier segment, to be open and to start listening and to try to go step into their world and try to find out what's happening with them. And that'll give you an insight, and that'll help you to help them. And it'll probably give you a bigger uh, understanding and simpatico. So yeah. what, what would be your best advice for a husband who listened for the umpteenth time about a woman? Remember we have this funny mm-hmm. thing where we say, does this dress make my butt look big? Or what, <laughs> what, how was a guy supposed to handle that? Well, of course, you know, if they're smart, they're going to say, darling, you look wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love you. And they always say, I love you just the way you are. Oh, that's perfect, guys. <laughs> yeah. That's a definite good wine cure. Huh? Yeah. And then I think I always like to see my husband revert to the distraction. To uh, cure, which oh, is did you, you know, do that? yeah. Do you want to go out to dinner? What movie would you like to see? Oh, smart man. <laughs> yeah, and you, this is the basic thing you do from children to older folks. Mm-hmm. You always try to distract people who are mm-hmm. whining and get them to focus on something else or something inviting, something they want to do. 
So did, yeah. since you wrote this book, do you think it's helped you and your husband understand each oh. other and, and how you're communicating? Yes, it really has. It's given me a m- bigger insight into what goes on in the world of men. And I've had to look at these surveys, and they were amazing. People, how did you actually do the surveys? Were well, they online or what? Well, I did some online, and a lot of them I did personally that I gave to people with a, obviously where they didn't have to sign their name, and they returned the survey to me. And they could be open and honest, and I got some amazing results from these surveys. Oh, that must have been fun. I wish yeah. I could have done one. I could have come up with a few good ones, I think. Yeah, we'll hold that thought. <laughs> and when we get to the next segment, I'm going to ask you some of your cures okay, and some give of me, your ideas. Give me my pen and paper here because I'm going to be <laughs> I'm stocking up right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I bet you have a, quite a few under your belt. <laughs> Welcome back. This is January Jones, the wine tester. I'm the author of Thou Shalt Not Wine, the 11th Commandment. And so I, catchy. <laughs> I love and that. I'd love, smile. I'd love to welcome back my guest, Barbara Niven. Thank uh, you, my She dear. does Show Business 101. And before we left the last segment, I asked Barbara what was one of her favorite cures for whining. You know, here's what really works for me. I mean, I mean, no lie. Because we all get into a depression, you yes, know. And absolutely. what I find, it, it's worked for years for me, is physical exercise. Uh-huh. I mean, not it's not funny. It's not like, you know, a joke for the show. But mm-hmm. seriously, I go and I work out and my head is better. Absolutely. So I physically do something and it's the endorphins kicking in or something, but that does help. Absolutely. Going to the gym mm-hmm. and working out. Uh, while I was writing my book, I coined a new uh, term that most people haven't heard before. It's called telebabies. Telebabies? <laughs> sounds like teletubbies. Or? Well, it's, it's a takeoff <laughs> on teletubbies. And telebabies are the top ten whiners on television. Really? And I included this in my survey. And people sent back their comments on who whined the most and who they found the most aggravating or who they enjoyed the most. Because sometimes you like to hear somebody whine. It can be kind of funny. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I came up with a top ten list. Okay. And uh, I'd like to share some of the insights that I got on this list from my survey participants. Okay. Number 10 on the list, of course, this had to be David Letterman. <laughs> of course, because it's a top 10 list, too. Absolutely. Since he is, this is his innovation and he does it so mm-hmm. well on his show, mm-hmm. I had to include him. And David, uh, he is a whiner a bit. He does, yeah, he kind of does. He whines about getting speeding tickets and... <laughs> And going from New Jersey to New York, traffic, and he's kind of a, a minor whiner. Right, but he makes us laugh at ourselves, too, yes. which I think yes. is probably a glorious kind of whiner. Yes. Now, number nine is a, a woman whiner, and her name is Joy Behar. I don't know if you've ever... Oh, from The View, of from course. From The View. Oh, I love her. Joy is making a living out of whining. <laughs> <laughs> Joy whines about the war. She whines about the government, mm-hmm. uh, politics. Uh, she loves to uh, go head-to-head with her co-host, Elizabeth. Um, Joy is becoming quite a character, and I love watching her because you can just see her hands moving, and you know she's ready to talk. <laughs> she's and, into it. Yeah, she's always on the attack, and she's also very humorous, mm-hmm. which makes it very acceptable. She's a very enjoyable whiner. 
Number eight on the list is Howard Stern. <laughs> ah, yes, he has a lot to whine about. He uh, whines about the powers that be in broadcasting. And as I always say, Howard uh, took his big balls home and <laughs> he stopped playing and he went home and created his own uh, world of radio. And he's rewriting radio. And he's been doing this how many years now? Oh, my he's gosh. Been, he's made a living out of whining. Yes, of he has. Whining and also, you know, sexuality. The, yeah, sexuality. Yeah, yeah. Which are, they both sell. Right. But you know what? <laughs> Do you remember that movie he did? I loved oh, yes. him in that yes, movie because we saw the vulnerable side of uh -huh. him, which I don't think he, he often shows. Right. He doesn't show that. And most women, a lot of women are turned off by him. But I think if you saw the movie, you'd see there's yeah. another side to the man. Uh, number seven number from seven. my survey, it turned out to be Bill Maher. And we call him the sexual intellectual whiner. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, and he's on in the evenings, and mm -hmm. so most women are watching him. And he's very coy and charming, and he's very amusing. And uh, while the husbands are working with their remotes, he's busy seducing the women of America. <laughs> And he's very clever, and he's very topical. You know, mm -hmm. you can get so much from him. I like him because he approaches liberal, conservative, independent. He kind of comes at it from every angle, and his guests are from every walk of life. And uh, he's a very productive whiner. Number six. Number six, of course, is John Stewart, The Daily Show. And he's just made whining an art form. <laughs> and he's so busy doing his imitations of all the politicians and asking his thoughts, obvious questions. And he does like to whine about everything. Mm -hmm. uh, he's actually the uh, mentor for Stephen Corbett. So they're both pretty much in the same boat. Number four, interestingly enough, was their friend, Papa Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> they took him on, and uh, Bill O'Reilly has kind of got a uh, grumpy. Mm -hmm. The curmudgeon kind yes, of one. Yes, and he's yeah. very irritated, and he has a hard time letting other people talk. <laughs> mm -hmm. But he eventually does, and he calls his show the uh, No Spin Zone. And I kind of steal that, and I often refer to this show as the No Wine Zone. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's a pretty effective, and he has a lot of guests on his show, very diverse guests, and he actually seems to love to have people who disagree with him. So he can go head on head and show everyone in the world how clever he is. And who can whine the loudest. Yes, yes, yeah. He's a, he's a very loud, loud whiner. Um, after uh, Bill O'Reilly, number three came in, and this will probably be no surprise to anyone, and that was Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rosie had quite a year on The View. She uh, put their ratings through the roof, mm -hmm. and she was awesome, but she did have her little uh, issues. And little personal wars, like with Trump. And, yes, you know, yeah. yes. Uh, Donald Trump came in second. Actually, he came oh, in. He a, did. He came in ahead of Rosie. <laughs> so, as the, Donald, you won the whining contest, honey. Yes, he beat Rosie out in the whining. Mm -hmm. uh, and why did you put him for? Why did I guess your well, participants? The, well, they, I think because he actually got so personal and so nasty. Yeah. And I think he took this little thing to a different level. And yeah, I think he a, did. He it was personal wounding. Yes, there was blood and, on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you've got a whole country of women who do not enjoy hearing another woman called fat. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I think, love. It, yes, it was a little chauv- too chauvinistic. Yes. You know, I personally, I admire Donald Trump. I mean, obviously, he's done so well, and he's mentored a, mm-hmm. a show that I love called The Big Golf uh, the big break, it's on the Golf Channel. Mm-hmm. And he's very supportive of a lot of philanthropies and mm-hmm. charities. And he does wonderful things, as does Rosie and mm-hmm. all of these people. Mm-hmm. When I'm saying they're whining, I'm saying that these are our entertainment whiners. <laughs> and let, me, let me ask you something. You say um, that Donald was more vicious. Is that are, are, are male whiners more ferocious or vicious? Or oh is that just wow, something? That, that's a good question. That that I a good could, question. I'd like to throw that out to my listeners, and I'd love to hear from them if they could tell me their opinion on that. And, and uh, we'll have a link, and your email wonderful. also is on the, on the Big Media website. Great. Info at... JanuaryJones.com. Right. So yeah. if you yeah. guys have any thoughts, please uh, shoot January an email. Oh, yeah, because I'm always open to new data, new research. I love to get whining stories and <laughs> humorous stories and uh, the uh, positive side, how people overcome whining and how they get on with their lives and become productive and happy. Um, one of the whiners that I, the oh, actually the only whiner on this list that I personally have met is and the, that's the number one, number, number one. one, top whiner of the country. Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> and this that's, is Regis Philbin. Really? Yes. I mean, I think he's so cute. I don't really call what he's doing whining. Oh my gosh, he has been making. He's his, adorable when he whines. Yes. Well, we think that, but then mm-hmm. he keeps going on and on and on, and he's just made a living and a career. He's mm-hmm. mad about the taxis he's mad about oh, yeah. the weather he complains about new york he complains about uh his, everything his producer gelman oh my oh, god yeah, all the time. <laughs> gelman is his whipping boy mm-hmm. and i love the fact that they always have him with someone so cute and perky i mean you would be a good co-host <laughs> for him because he's always got the kathy lees or the kelly Ripas mm-hmm. who are just so adorable mm-hmm. and uh, they play right off with him the reason I, I had an opportunity to meet Regis is many years ago, uh, four of my friends and myself, we auditioned for a, a television show that Regis was hosting. Ooh. And we were selected, and it was an interesting show. Uh, it's one of these shows that Regis probably would rather forget. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. He never talks about this show. And this show was called, was called it didn't last very long, it was called The Neighbors. And the premise of this show is the five of us got there and they separated us. They put three in one room and two in the other Mm -hmm. room. And we all were served a lot of champagne, Bloody Marys, whatever. We were all very casual, very relaxed. And the premise was the three would think up things to say about the other two women. And then when we went on television, these things would be repeated and by Regis. And then we would have to guess which woman said that. Well, I mean, this had a lot of potential for divorce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of potential. A lot of potential for blood. Uh, and litigation. Yeah. I mean, oh, we're talking yeah. litigation. And well, uh, what, what kind of dirt were you guys giving on each other? <laughs> well, it was interesting. We had watched the show. Obviously, we had done our research, and we knew when we got on the show that we were not going to talk about our mother-in-laws or our children. Mm-hmm. Off-limit. Sh- Off-limit. But, but your husband was fair game. Husbands, <laughs> the five of us agreed. Husbands were fair game. 
And so we talked about our husbands and a lot of things like that. And it was just uh, an amazing show. We ended the show, and the five of us stayed friends. Really? And uh, we won a what cruise. A nice story. Yeah, we won a cruise, which we all got to go on, and we took our husbands, and we had a happy ending. We were probably one of the only shows <laughs> that had a happy ending. Uh, most of the shows ended up in complete disasters, and obviously the show got canceled. And uh, Regis does not have that one on his resume. No, he doesn't. No, you don't hear much about the neighbors. I wonder if he even remembers it. It'd be fun to ask him that. But uh, you also have something that you did, Celebra Bratties, right? Yes, yes. I asked my uh, survey participants who they thought were the biggest celeb bratties, Mm -hmm. and these are celebrities who whine about being celebrities. Oh, like, oh, yes. please don't take my picture while I pose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's really tough being beautiful. And, <laughs> and skinny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh, this, you know. I, I just, think we're whining January. Yes, absolutely. And they all love talking about being double zero and I size. Know. Seriously, the last mm-hmm. movie I did for Lifetime in yeah. January, my, co- my co-star uh-huh. on it, she was a double zero, oh, yeah. and then and I'm in the skin tight outfit next to her, thinking, and she was eating. And, I'm, and I, I just I didn't have anybody to whine to. No, I no. should have called you. Yeah, absolutely. And now I'll know. I'll take your book because I'll know how to get myself out of this. Yes, uh, keep that, eating chocolate, which is not going to help my my case here. No, no, not at all. The Thou Shalt Not Wine, the Eleventh Commandment, is a, a book that's an all occasion, all purpose book. It's <laughs> funny when I say the title to a woman. She immediately says, well, I know someone who could use that book and looks over towards her husband's direction. And then when the husband hears the title of the book, Thou Shalt Not Wind the Eleventh Commandment, well, of course, he's got to get it for his wife. <laughs> do any of us consider ourselves whiners, or do we think we're justified? Actually, there are not very many people that will admit to whining. However, they all know whiners, mm-hmm. and they all deal with whiners on a daily basis, and they all have their own theories on how to stop whining. <laughs> not many people will admit that they are a whiner or that they even enjoy complaining. Um, you know, it's one of the facts of life. It's do, you, like, do you think that's one of the first things to kind of fess up and kind of get your attitude changed is to admit what you're doing? Yes, this is what the purpose of the book is, is to bring some humor into it. Mm-hmm. And I think when you can laugh at yourself, you can admit what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a segue into the real problems that you may not want to deal with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if you can laugh about it with your husband and wife and, importantly, bring your children into the, the orbit and your family. Family, especially older parents. They're in a oh, tough yeah. time in life. Oh, man, and They're, when your health is failing, yeah. and you know, how many times have we heard about your how many surgeries I had and stuff, but you know what? I know. It's you difficult. Deal with it. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we come back, uh, dealing with your parents and seniors. I think that's a big issue that's facing all of us as we age and watch the aging of America. Hi, this is January Jones, the wine tester, back with my guest, Barbara Niven, and we are discussing the topic of my new book, Thou Shalt Not Wine, the The 11th 11th Commandment. (laughs) Yes. I I thought Moses needed a little help. It's the first top ten. He did the original top ten list. And so I have a little addendum to it with my Thou Shalt Not Wine, and Thou Shalt Not Wine about family, holidays, 
uh, spouses, mother-in-laws. I mean, the topic is evergreen. I mean, there's so many things <laughs> that tie into whining. I know, because once you start associating it with whining, <laughs> you know, it actually does make you smile. It gets you out of your bad mood. It, it truly does, especially when you're talking about other people and their whining problems. Oh, yeah, problems. everybody else does yeah, it, not and, me. And how you can help. One of the interesting things from my survey, one of the questions, actually two interesting questions I asked my survey participants was what was the most ridiculous whine you have ever heard in your entire life and what would be the most creative cure? Oh, good. Okay. So let's hear what they say. Well, uh, one of the first cures that I got from my manicurist, as she said, she's sick of hearing people say, I've got a broken nail. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that just goes on and on and on. Another ridiculous wine that was submitted to me on my survey was the lady who couldn't find a pink collar for her poodle. Oh, and dear. that was very, very difficult. <laughs> yeah. And then the third most uh, ridiculous wine is one that probably none of us listening would ever really relate to. But this was a young man who couldn't find a captain for his yacht who could stay sober. Well, he needs to get together with that woman who needed the pink collar for a poodle. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, another wine is when people say, I can't find my car. But they oh. don't know where they parked. Probably <laughs> a good thing. And if you've been drinking. Oh, so the funny. car, keys, cell phone. Yeah. I mean, these modern day things. Oh, People, I have, yeah. yeah. I have to tell you that because yeah. I used to, I'm so bad with directions. I have more than once oh. parked in a big mall parking mm-hmm. lot, mm-hmm. had to get in the security and ask them to drive me around to find my car. Oh, I know. Because every freaking <laughs> level looks the same. <laughs> you know? oh, it, it happens all the time. And the other one is the cell phone. I mean, how many times are you looking? and whining about not finding your mm-hmm. cell phone. Or that somebody else is on the cell phone while you're trying to do something oh, or you're trying yeah, to eat. Yeah. Or... Cell phones are wonderful. You know, I thought, oh, well, I'll just use that for an emergency, but it's become just a part of my life. Mm-hmm. I use it constantly. Um, and so let's go look at some of the most creative cures. I want to uh, hear this. Some of these are quite brutal, you know. <laughs> now, these people were sending in the survey results, and they were all anonymous, and one of their favorite cures was, uh, to tell them to stuff it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And another one was smack them, which I do not <laughs> recommend for small children or animals. And the third but husband, maybe? Well, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> depending. No. no, we're taking that back. Yeah, 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 we're, yeah, we're yeah forget that, that one. Yeah. I didn't mean that, honey. She didn't write that. <laughs> the, another interesting one was the duct tape. And that would be Uh, just tape their mouth up. Now, listen, can you just get the mindset of the people who wrote this? How long they must have been hearing the whining, letting it build. They went through all your four steps, you know, the little whine and going up until you just can't stand it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And then they actually think about (laughs) taping somebody's mouth. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Well, then another person suggested pushing them off a cliff in a car. Now, I oh. thought that was a bit extreme. Yeah. Now, they're really, they're yeah. really over the top. Well, we've seen that in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one, a lot of people recommended, this was amazing, they said get therapy. 
go get help. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people just need to have professional help when they've got problems. And, you know, because your, your therapist mm-hmm. is getting paid to hear you whine. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to whine, that's the place to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. So we had a good time with all <laughs> those results. And actually, I would love to get more results from my listeners. Uh, my book has a submission page. Oh, and fun. if you would like to see your name in print, I would be happy to include you. And uh, also, if you go to my uh, web uh, website, mm-hmm. uh, www.JanuaryJones.com, the wine tester, you could submit something there, and we'd be happy to have it and look it over, and hopefully we can use it on some future And shows. you're also going to have links here on the big media website, too, Absolutely. where people can, can yeah. go to your site, etc. Yeah. And lately, I just found out, discovered that I'm on YouTube, which is a new Ooh. experience. You know, I feel so very hip. <laughs> but you're also going to be doing public speaking, too. I mean, because you're yes. really funny, January. Um, well, and people need to you. see this because you can make them laugh at themselves. It's just so important. you got to keep smiling, and if that doesn't work, I say start eating chocolate. <laughs> It'll work every time, guaranteed. 